What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another Series Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Igbra, and joined with me is the captain, Drandy Full. Just real quick, your audio keeps going like in and out. It's kind of funky, but everything's good, man. My audio's going in and out? Yeah, it was like, yeah. But it was it was kind of funky. But it's are you good sure now. it's not those janky Apple uh, headphones you got on right now? I, I'm positive because the closer you get to your microphone, the better I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, you and your petty self today. <laughs> Tell the folks about the you had a good day today in the water. Yeah, we um, it's actually been a two two really good days. We uh, drove about two hours down to a Finger Lake. The last two days in absolutely blasted brown ones going to look for green fish and um, caught a couple big green ones. Andy yesterday got two, almost five pounds. And then today Jeff caught one that was like four and a half and I got a six, three and lost one that was even bigger at the boat on a rattle trap. Um, but yeah, it was fun. We probably, probably put 50 fish in the boat in the last two days and, Maybe two or three of them were under four pounds. Sounds like a solid day. Yeah. yeah two days, I should yeah. say. It, now, it, were you saying Andy in the boat with you, or are you talking in third person? No, Andy uh, Wengender, one of the UB Bassmaster guys. Tyler and Andy hopped on my boat with me yesterday, and uh, we had some fun. And then today I went with the Duke of Hamburg, Jeff Hippert. So if you really wanted to start annoying people, you should just start talking in third person as like referring to yourself <laughs> as the captain. <laughs> you know, the, the captain, captain is ready today. to go today. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. But I mean, the fishing was so good. Jerk baiting. I developed a blister on my palm. So yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a good time. I can't say I've, I've ever gotten a, a blister on my hand. From so, so the one rod I have left that I could throw jerkbait on is a seven-foot carbon light and has that damn wind grip on it. Uh, yeah, and it just like ripped apart my hand. It was not fun. <laughs> no, that does not sound fun no. at all. But So we have a comment down here from Bootleg Bass Fishing asking if we're at WrestleMania here because of our background for our studio here. <laughs> and just know that this is not WrestleMania. It's better. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it, so this is a very accurate accurate assumption. But no, this is actually the Bassmaster Classic. Um, but this will only be here temporarily because we have a whole new little scene coming in here and uh, some big changes, I should say. Not in terms of what Serious Angler is going to be doing in terms of routine and such, but uh, who's going to be support, uh, supporting Serious Angler and what we can do to give back to you guys. And that will be announced very soon. And we're pretty yeah. excited to let you guys know what that's going to be and you know what that's going to mean moving forward. So we're pretty excited for it. It's uh, it's awesome. That's all I'm going to really leave it to because so I don't want to give too much away. So pumped. But uh, ready for you, Fala? I am. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably get into to that on Friday's episode because this Friday I – you know, depart. I throw the, the Hobie on top of the dang Nissan Altima, and we're headed south to Alabama to camp out for over a week and fish the Hobie BOS on Lake Eufaula next yeah. weekend. So I'm, I'm excited for that. But uh, we'll, we'll throw it out there for the folks because there's going to be episode three and four chasing hardware coming from that event. Um, but we'll talk more about that on Friday's right. episode yep. because we got our boy in the house tonight sitting in the queue. And I'm actually really jealous because he's sitting on one of my favorite lakes in the world where I think a lot of guys would say the polar opposite after their week down there, 
this past week, but he he had a he had a dang good week and a damn good day too. Let's bring him in, Mister Maddie Wong. What's going on, dude? Hey guys, folks at home, folks at home. Uh, all right, Ike. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's so funny when he does that. I'm just like, mm, yum 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 yum. <laughs> um, dude, how's that been? You've been traveling with Ike, haven't you? Yeah, I have been. Ike's awesome. Sorry, I'm just doing a little bit of arranging. I didn't know that the the light wasn't so great. My 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 nerdy self is just has to make sure you guys got the good the goodness. Well, light. Left or right side is you know like the female way. Like you got to get a good picture side. So is it left or right? Yeah. No, you just do like <laughs> that, that high center beauty light. Just make it Perfect. look all good. Yeah. And you don't still put that on on women. That's just you. That's how that's how you are. No, you take not a at all. Picture of Andy, and he's like, sorry, you got to get the left side. <laughs> Never. I think all my fish picks are the right side. Andy's, so. Andy's diva for his profile pic. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Andy, we we have to live with that. We don't have a good side. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Oh, the only guy that's got a good side is this guy down here, Mister Mister Hollywood. Hollywood oh, gone uh, Bassmaster rookie. Oh man. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, we um, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's uh, it's been cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, you brought us to the amazing Lake Chickamauga behind you. That I did. I'm jealous by. For all You're the, gonna make them change the lighting again, Bailey. The, Come fi- on. the, the, the fish friends, all my fish friends at, in, in the internet lands. I am on Lake Chickamauga, literally less than a quarter mile away from where we blasted off. Uh, so it's kind of cool to look down and. And look on the water where I feel like was my office the past week or so, and um, kind of reflect. And it's been it's been especially nice to be able to kind of reflect because every single tournament um, up until now uh, there hasn't been too much reflection, uh, just because you have to go right into the next one. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks, Jim. Uh, and uh, I, I feel like it's it's nice to be able to decompress and reflect and whether you did well or you did bad, there's things to reflect on. And that's something that I've been missing in my routine. Um, I think it's hard to, to get that time. Like even when you're driving or, or going from tournament to tournament and like, you know, you're talking to people on the phone and whatnot. Sometimes it's hard just to get time to yourself to be able to soak, soak some stuff in. And to think about your decisions or think about things that maybe you didn't do or what you would have tried. Um, but either way, it was my first time here in Chickamauga, and it's a beautiful, beautiful fishery. Super pressured one, but there's definitely some good bass in here. But I'm stoked that it gets to be my my background for tonight. Heck, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you're game to talk about it, like what kind of things did you conclude on what things you would have done different? Um. You know, I think that there's – it's tough because the weather that we had was so bipolar, you know, <laughs> going from a warm day of rain and wind to a cold day of rain, wind, and snow to a post-frontal bluebird sky day. Um, and, you know, I had a, I had a warm practice, and I knew that the cold front was going to push in. I just didn't know that it was going to kind of like pull them out from where I was finding them. Hold for the boat. 
<laughs> Screaming by. <laughs> hey, we're trying to fill the podcast up here. <laughs> what do you think this is? Chickamauga? <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's this place is it's really cool because, um, I, you know, some of the spots that I found, I didn't know. Like, I found this stretch that it just looked good, and I fished it, and then after the fact, um, the tournament's like, oh, yeah, that's where Aaron Martin, Martin's caught, like, a six, uh, you know, on a drop shot back in, like, the 2004, or, you know, like, just drop some knowledge on me, like, oh, that's rad, you know, so I think that that's, that's kind of neat, um, but back to the question, what, what would I have done differently, uh, you know, I think I would have spent a little bit more time graphing, I think that that's something that I don't do enough, um, but, you know, it's something that I need to start including into the game. Uh, I feel like on day two, when I ended up having a good bag, it's when I was able to just fish my intuition. Um, but day one, uh, I was relying a little bit on the graph. Um, I lost a key fish that really would have helped me. Uh, I learned a valuable lesson. Don't try to vote flip a three pounder with 12 pound test after not retiring. Um, I, you also get in the moment and you can't help it. And it's just, I feel like everyone does it. And as much as you want to correct those silly mistakes, I think at the end of the day, we're all anglers and we all get excited and in the moment and sometimes make the wrong decision. Like try to vote flip a fish that you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think that's, that's something I would have done differently. Um, graphing is something I would have maybe spent a little bit more time doing um, on, on one of the days I think, but all in all, I think it was a location area and it was a certain thing that I had to look for and find. And it was, it's not like rocket science or anything like that. It was just, just certain combinations that are perfect for this time of year, you know, deep water, close to uh, spawning pockets that have great transitioning of uh, cover and, um, great ambush points, especially when you're throwing a, a bigger size bait. Uh, but I mean, even, uh, Carl had a, you know, pretty rough day on the last day. Um, where it was just, the bite just shut off and, you know, and I think when we had like a pretty solid window when the, when they were eating the bigger bait really well, and it was when it was pretty miserable out, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty textbook the conditions that we had for when they want to eat the swim bait, but not to say they won't eat it when it's sunny out and whatnot, because in practice it was sunny out and I was definitely catching them. Um, and there was enough clues around that, that led to uh, led me to think that it was going to be a bite that was going to stick around regardless of what the weather was doing. And so that's what I kind of, I shifted to that game plan on day two because after day one, the other two guys that were in the, the cove that I was rotating, they all weighed 13 pounds. And uh, I would have had 14 if I didn't lose that three. And then I also would have had, I also would have um, <laughs> had a little bit more weight, a uh, one more pound more because I ended up weighing uh, or bringing a fish to the scale that was just short of 15 inches. And I made the big mistake of not re-measuring that fish 
Um, and, uh, that costed me again, another top 10. So that, that was a valuable lesson there. Um, something that I would definitely do again is if I get a line burner, even after checking in, this is just something I, it just kind of blew my mind that you can actually dump a fish when you get to the ramp. Uh, as long as you don't make a cull, you can throw a fish out and not put it in the bag. So. I would have double, triple checked one of the line burners that I had, but it ended up costing me a pound. Um, but these are just all learning experiences and, and whatnot. But either way, it was it was a blast, man. I'm stoked that I was able to get a camera in the boat again. And um, yeah, and got to hold a couple big fat fish. <laughs> Heck yeah, you did. Never a bad thing. Never. Yeah, I mean, at least you're getting the kinks out now and still cashing checks while you're getting the kinks out. So you can't exactly argue with that. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm super grateful. I, you know, I got three checks this year so far and then a little bonus check for getting that big bag. So, um, I can't complain, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And I just need to keep this momentum going and, uh, hopefully be able to maybe requalify for the classic if I'm able to turn my year around. Um, but we'll see. You never know. I, I'm, I think I'm sitting like 65th or 67th right now in the points um but i made a big move from like the 80s so that was that was much needed uh, yeah yeah keep grinding dude i mean it's it's still a long season ahead so anything can happen obviously so just keep keep doing what you're doing i mean sounds like you know for your rookie season you're learning a lot you're you're not doing bad i mean it was, i'm sure you're not doing as good as you want to be uh yeah. but it's also kind of helps that uh you know one you're coming into this, you know, fresh rookie season. You're, you're obviously receptive of all the, the lessons you're learning here versus just, you know, being negative about a, a bad day on the water and not actually thinking of why it was a bad day, you know, yeah. and uh, probably also helps that you're learning from, you know, one of the legends in the sport. Sorry, riding with you. So I got like, it's a, it's a two stroke tracker, oh my gosh. <laughs> open carb, just like, and he's only going 10 miles per hour. This is a good I was going to say, he's taking time, it sounds <laughs> like. You hear it before you see it. Oh, my God. I think I could pedal faster than that guy. We're trying to we're trying to film a podcast up here, guys. Come on. Come, come on. Don't you see me on Serious Angler? I'm trying to be serious. Man, not everyone was friendly. Just some people can be so inconsiderate. You know what they say about people and trackers? I don't actually know what they say, but what what, what are they? No, okay, I have no idea. <laughs> I got we got a bit distracted. Yeah, I'm I am grateful for for where, how well I'm doing so far. I mean, obviously, being a competitive person, I, I want to be doing better, and it's I I do keep the bar high for myself, um, and I think that that's the only way to stay hungry in it. But um, I did beat Brandon Polinick in ping pong uh, the other day. And so that felt really good. And he was really bummed about it. So that, <laughs> was, that was great. Is that um, going to be like top of the list on your, your resume and your media kit? It's just like, oh, for I sure. Brandon Polinick in ping pong. Yeah. Beat, yeah. Beat PP in ping pong twice. And like, yeah. It, he, he, <laughs> you, should just, <laughs> you should just headline it. I've never lost to Brandon Polinick. And at the bottom of the page, put at ping pong. <laughs> In ping pong. <laughs> Carl Jockamson, what my ass. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, Carl's legit, legit, dude. Like, at ping pong. 
at, he's legit at ping pong. I, great bass fisherman, but like even better ping pong player. It's kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. they probably get bored in Australia. Everything's trying to kill them, so they're probably playing ping pong with like big ass spiders and stuff. So they're just dude. It's wild. He's like, man. he's like, my dad never let me. I'm gonna try and do it like Carl. He's like, yeah, my dad. He never, he never let me win a single game of ping pong until I turned 18, and then I won, and then that was like the day I became a man. <laughs> that was actually really good. Yeah, you spend a week with them, it kind of rubs off on you. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, we had a great time up there. That was it was a lot of fun, and um, got to stay with Gussie and. And uh, it's just nice when you get camaraderie because I, I feel like the past, like even I got to say with Ike and Ike and I have been getting close, um, which has been really cool. Um, but it's, you know, it's it, it's hard when you have certain tournaments where you're kind of by yourself. Like like Cherokee, I had, I had a couple buddies out that flew into town to fish it as co's. Um, but, you know, leading up to it for practice and a couple other things, you're just all alone. And uh, I think that's the part that a lot of people don't see uh, when it comes to doing doing competitive fishing for a living um is that you know you 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 have a lot of time to yourself you know and 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 that's it's a good thing and a bad thing because you i think humans were we're we're naturally social creatures so we want to be able to have camaraderie and hang out and uh but when it's just sometimes you just don't get that and um yeah, it's it, it definitely kind of weighs on you um, because it's it, it's nice to be able to like hang with some guys and like drink a beer, you know, or just like be able to shoot the crap about your day on the water and be able to bounce ideas off, and and even even where uh, just having one other person talk to talk to is 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 a huge huge thing for morale, um, but yeah, it sounds like it just helps you mentally kind of walk through your. How are you going to approach the tournament? Yeah. Um, it, it's how I approach this tournament. Like, so what I'm, what I'm saying general. is like, you know, if you're on your own and mm-hmm. you're thinking to yourself, I'm sure you could obviously call somebody up, but like when you're staying with somebody, it sounds like you can use them as almost like a, a, a form of feedback to kind of bounce, you know, how you're approaching oh, that. tournament. 100%. Oh, hundred percent. And, everyone on tour works together. If anyone says that they're like, Nope, I don't, I don't talk to anyone. They're lying because everyone (laughs) talks to each other. Um, Whether the the circles are three to five guys or the circles are two guys, um, everyone calls each other. And when you're a rookie, you have no one to call until you start to meet people and start to, you know, develop relationships. And, you know, there's certain guys that are really to themselves, like Jason Christie is pretty to himself, but he also has years and years and years of experience fishing professionally. And then he always talks, also talks to some guys as well. So, you know, people will bounce around like, hey, where'd you find, like, what was your water temp that you found in the back of that creek? Oh, I, found, I saw this. Oh, like, what'd you get them on today? And like, for me, like, like talking with Ike or talking with like, when I was talking with like Gussie and them, like, I'll just tell them like, look, I got two bites on a shaky head. I got a bite on this. I got a bite on this. And this is what I was doing. This is the water template I found. I'm like, great, man. Like, you know, this is, this is what we found. And so you're able to put together a little bit more pieces because we have three days yeah. to break apart a giant body of water. 
And in three days, it's there's so much that you can there's so many options that you can do until you have kind of like narrowed in like what you feel like is going to be the, the, the winning technique. And then how do you break it down? So it's not like I'm asking like, Hey, what area are you at? You know, like, or I'm not saying like, Oh yeah, I caught a ton in like this cut. It's there's certain things that you're like, you, you obviously I think there's, there's the, there's a, um, there's a mutual respect on like, okay, that's the water you found. And obviously like, you know, that's your, your spot and whatnot. And then like, this is, this is what you're doing. And I think that that definitely helps when you're breaking down uh, a new body of water and, and it and really helps to, uh, to kind of develop a, a game plan. I mean, cause you can have a great practice and catch some good fish, but then um, you can get, go out the next day and, and, like catch one or two like that. I mean, the guys, it was, it was a struggle. Like during, during practice, we were all struggling. I had one day where I had 10 keeper bites. The first day I had two keeper bites. And then the last day, this is dark to dark. I had five keepers and it's, it, it just wasn't fishing, you know, incredible. And so when, you know, the don't let the weights fool you on how eat like easier or whatnot, like the place was, cause it's, yeah, it was definitely a grind. Um, and but it, it did it did help having some some other people to be able to bounce some ideas off of. Heck yeah, I like that too because you don't hear about it that much about how everybody talks. You always hear about like the little clicks and the people who room together. But it's kind of cool that as a rookie on the tour, right? People are kind of allowing you to come into like their circle and chat, which is awesome too because it shows it's such a great big brotherhood. And everybody's yeah. there to help everybody to a point. So, and traveling alone is never fun. No. No, I'm about to do that in Alabama, and that'll be interesting. See how stir-crazy I go, even though it's just a week. He's going to be sick of me when I call him, like, five times a day. Just like, hey, what, what, what do you need? Would, hey. <laughs> what, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm stuck on a rock again, but we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another day. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell the story eventually, but we got we got to shape it up for the folks who do yeah. it do it right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Maddie, so tonight's show, obviously, we for the folks tuning in, we wanted to get into our each of our top five baits that we like. Uh, just around that springtime. It doesn't have to be, you know, regional based, but just kind of like what our go-tos are when sure. it's, you know, springs around the corner. Yeah. Um, really fast. Uh, one of our mutual buddies here is in the chat tonight, and he is asking where you think he he should pick you for Drain the Lake. Mr. Uh, Rich. Rich Lindgren from Hellebass. Hi, hi Rich. Yeah. I, um, hmm. Team, team suck less. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I I love the rich is the man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, to be honest, I'm not even sure what this, this is, how consumed I am in, in the actual fishing. that I don't even know what the train the lake thing is. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, <laughs> and now it's I'm, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to get crap for this. I mean, this is probably like something that I should know, but it's like, it's something I don't. I don't think anyone will care that you don't know what it is, except for Ronnie Moore will probably call you and be mad because it's part of fantasy fishing. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, Ronnie's just overly competitive at fantasy. That's, that's he all. Is. 
is, um, but in, in in the best way. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're just asking no. what what lake do you feel most confident in for the rest of the season to pick you for drain the lake? Got it. Well, <clears throat> wherever that guy's going. <laughs> where the, hey, dude, where should I do drain the lake? Telepass <laughs> yeah. uh, wants to know. Uh, I love this, by the way. It's hilarious. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting my feedback tonight. I'm actually not picking my baits. I'm letting I'm letting the folks at home, <laughs> the folks on the lake, pick the baits for me. No, um, I, you know, out of the rest of the places that we got, I'm really excited about. I want to say three of them. Um, the other two, I'm I'm not entirely sure, and they can go either way. So I would say Lake Fork, then I would say Oahe because they're so smallmouth, and then St. Lawrence because it's also smallmouth, and I can also fish kind of shallow there for smallies, which I love to do. Um, but Lake Fork is like where there's giants, and like that could be really really fun. So. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to like put myself in like this, like in a thing, and then they'd be like, like, I get, a, I get a DM from Rich, be like, "You suck, dude. You cost me a bunch of points." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd um, probably do that, to be honest, too. No, he would in, in a yeah. joking way. Yeah, yeah. And then you saying, I told, "I told you to suck less." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told you to suck less, and then where's your corduroy? That's yeah. all I get. That's all I get from Rich. <laughs> That's funny. No, oh Rich. man. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, he said he had you penciled in for for, uh, for Hawaii. Oh, really? Oh, cool. All right, cool. I'll take it. Yeah. Nice. All right, all right, boys. It's time to uh, dive into the baits here. You know, the, the okay. first thing, the first thing we're gonna pick, we're gonna pick up. You know, pick up off the deck, and uh, you know, obviously cast for when it's spring. You know, what's that first bait you're gonna go to, regardless of where you are? But it's just spring fishing. Uh, Maddie, because you are our guest tonight, you can lead the way. First thing okay. you're picking up. Are we fun fishing? Are we pre-fishing? Are we in a tournament? Ooh. Let's go Let's fun fishing. Let's go fun fishing. Fun fishing. Okay. Yep. This is, and then are we doing, this is all lakes? Are we doing ponds, rivers, highland reservoir, grass impoundments? Whatever oh gosh, you want. This is going to be like a five-hour episode. <laughs> <if you're laughs> all right. We want five of each for each a, okay. style of body of water. All right. So I would say <laughs> off the bat, during the spring, which means basically pre-post, pre-spawn and post, um, for fun fishing, I'd probably have like some type of vibrating jig on. Um, Freedom baits makes this really cool wobble head style of a uh, vibrating jig and you can actually change the hook out i started experimenting with it um on on cherokee and i caught a couple really solid fish on it and i caught a couple fish on it here too that 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 helped me um it just gives a different vibration uh off than like everyone and their mom throwing a jackhammer uh and it's a solid bait. It's made by Z-Man, but it's a design by by Freedom Jigs, and um, I would say that would be probably like a a pretty good go to if I'm like fun fishing, just trying to locate some fish, whether they're small ones because the little guys will eat it, and the bigger ones will eat it too. Um, the the one thing about a, a vibrating jig, it is a big fish bait, and it is a like cover the wa- cover water um, bait as well. And the the cool thing I like about it is that 
with um, a swivel style head that has it's almost like a football shape style head um, it actually stays down deeper uh, when you're slow rolling it and you're actually able to keep um, a pretty good bottom contact with it so hmm. fish it a little bit deeper fish it a little different than everyone burning a 3 8 ounce jackhammer around um, just giving fish a different look and um, it, it does uh, do pretty good through grass and whatnot um, so that's is it, uh, uh, is it the freedom cfl is that what it's called i think so okay I'll, and, I'll find it and I'll put it up on the screen for folks. You keep talking, man. Yeah. yeah. And then what I do is I'll, I'll pair that up with um, a couple different trailers, but one of my favorite trailers to do on like a, on a, a chatter bait, vibrating big uh, <clears throat> jig style bait is a Hazadong. But then on the Hazadong, I'll take the, the boot tail and then I'll fold it back and I'll trim it. So it comes to a point. Um, and so it's no longer a boot tail, but just a tiny little wiggly point. And um, it's great because it has the detail of an eye. The body shape is a great uh, uh, bait fish profile. And uh, the plastic's nice and soft where it gives it really good tail action when swimming around. Um, yeah. Is this it? Yep, that's it. That's the one. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sleeper bait that not a lot of guys talk about. I also really like how it's kind of trim finesse. Uh, like the, the, the skirts kind of trim finesse wise. Um, so that's just another thing. It's actually kind of similar to how I would trim some of my jackhammers up, especially mm-hmm. my, my bluegill baits. Um, I, yeah. I, and I do, I will trim a good amount of that skirt down almost to the, to the bend of the hook. So you're, you, you actually condense the, the, the size and that profile of the bait. So it's oh, a great tip. That's mine. Yeah, yeah, that thing is that thing's interesting. I guess. Yeah. Have you tried that, Andy? I have not, but I've that. never even heard of it. To be honest, like, yeah, it's, it's a sleeper bait. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Cool. <laughs> so, like, the Maddie to expose that. He's yeah. like, swim from uh, swimming Carolina rigs to chatterbaits that have been out for a while that no one's even tried yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the thing is with that jig, it, it got released right. I think it was. Uh, it it got released right before the jackhammer. So when the jackhammer hit the market, mm-hmm. they it ended up getting a lot more press mm-hmm. uh, because of Mr. Height and um, yeah, the rest is okay. history. Um, but yeah, that's why it's. I think on 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 tour, everyone throws. It's not like there's a secret bait out there, but there's certain variations of the same bait that um, may or may not give certain guys confidence, and 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 that's something that I've been enjoying. Um, and has a bunch of great little colors and, and whatnot. Yeah, I could see We're it being gonna... really good over rock. Like, yes, yeah. Um, a lot of guys up north for smallmouth will slow creep um, the three quarter rounds. I, I was doing that on Cher- on Cherokee, uh, and I was catching like giant hybrid bass with it, and and also good smallmouth um, because Fun. you can get it gets through rocks really well, and, and it doesn't get head hung too often, which is great. Um, so. Um, yeah i'm gonna give those a shot yeah me too because yeah. i can i'm already like envisioning like four or five spots i'm like oh it would work really good there yeah now, thanks Please. yeah now, of course. now i gotta spend more money yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is what the show is all about to make people spend money <laughs> does omnia have those uh bailey <laughs> uh I, let's see i don't believe they do Andy, take it away. What's your first pick? Um, it depends. So 
I'm going to go and, yeah, I mean, it's something that you've kind of awoken my eyes to, slowly swimming it, but I used to drag it a lot for smallmouth, so I'm going to go with the little boot tail swimmer. It just catches a lot of fish. I like to drag them more than I like to cast and retrieve them, Mm. as to where I know Bailey is a big-time slow tick the bottom type guy but yeah i knew he would have it so i was like i don't know what to go with first but i couldn't say a jackhammer first so um yeah I, this is uh i like a kaitech and i've been experimenting with this new cast swim bait and it has a glass rattle on the inside of it i can pull oh. it out yeah it's a sneaky little thing and it's caught a couple four pounders the last few days and that's inserted right inside the head they're awesome and they're really durable did you get a chance to actually see how that new little swim bait swim like it is it does it roll pretty well like on a straight swim or does it yeah it it wobbles and the tail kick was what is most important to me because it has a big heart shape tail to it as Mm. soon as it hits the water it starts pulsing and that's super important in cold water it's it went fish for fish with a kaitech so, yeah, I was very impressed. That's good. Ooh. Yeah. That would be an interesting bait to, like, kind of, like, similar to, um, I don't have it with me, but the Queen Tackle Hammerhead that's got the tungsten rattles inside the jig head mm-hmm. to kind of keep in place to see if you can kind of trigger any bites, like a little swim bait on bottom that's making noise. It could be interesting. Yeah. yeah so, so, sorry to drop in on you. There's, a, uh, there's, an- there's another head that looks like the vibrating jig head from freedom, but it's just a football head that has a brass insert and a, a hook that you can change out. And so it actually makes an, a, a high pitch vibrating ting, um, which is a, a, just a different sound. So something also that you guys might want to try when you're uh, like with a swim bait, because you can mm-hmm. one, you can change out the hook and customize it. And then two, it comes over rock super well. And every single time it hits the rock, when it deflects, it, it puts out a different sound than just a solid lead head or yeah. tungsten head ball. Hmm. But go on, my bad. Continue. No, no, you're it. good. I want to figure out what that is. That sounds really intriguing, actually. Because you can swap. So is it like a ring, like a ringed piece that you can swap out the hook, or how does? Yeah, the head that? itself on uh, it actually, and on the vibrate the CIA, uh, CFL uh, jig too. That you know, it's like a a, a, a pigtail inside of the head and so the way that you go around in a circle then you can pull, pull the hook out uh, so but if there's tension on the hook there's no way it's going to come out because it has to do a full turn and then come out um but yeah tricky That's heck yeah i'm gonna have to we're gonna pick your brain some more you know what we need to do like a uh we're gonna send you undercover we'll we'll, we'll pay you on the side yeah, and yeah. Uh, send you undercover we'll have you wired and bugged and everything to like okay. Get yeah. the scoop of what pros are actually throwing. Yeah, yeah. What they're saying, like what they're talking you know, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love it when you watch live and they're catching on one thing, and then you see the pictures afterwards, and it's like something completely different. And I'm like, liar. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna call it Maddie Wong exposed. <laughs> You're like, mom, it's not what you think it is. I promise, it's a show about fishing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> that's good. All right, so let me in for it. I had to go and knock that down. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, so to obviously not be repetitive here with Andy, 
I also have a swim bay down there, but what I have is a football head that mm-hmm. actually Andy poured uh, with do it molds and it has an owner 5313 hook on it. Um, so not to give the same spiel that Andy just gave, but the reason I like a football head over like a simple ball head that a lot of guys like is because I like to take that thing on bottom. Uh, and I feel like a football head comes through all sorts of cover way better than a ball head would. Uh, especially if you're from the North or even like say Maddie on some of the bluff walls on Chickamauga, that sorts. <laughs> I see he's desort, uh, resorted to muting himself while the boats go by. You can see the headlights. Uh, but you're trying uh, to seriously. <laughs> <laughs> your, your bow fishing adventures. <laughs> share the information for the people. Uh, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't want to go too far into it because it's it's pretty straightforward. But I like a football head uh, a lot, like nine times out of ten, over a simple ball head, especially if I'm keeping it on bottom versus you know if I'm keeping it. Up, obviously, a ball head just because it's simple. But um, with that being that mine is very quick here, I will roll into my second bait, which is another bladed jig to hop on top of, of Maddie's selection. And okay. that is one that has started to take off a little bit. Some people are starting to use it. Uh, and that is the Queen Tackle uh, Tungsten Switchblade. Uh, and that's one that I'm liking and I'm really digging. The only downside to it is you can't use like big, bulky trailers. So, like, a Zayko is perfect. Or like, that Big Bite Swim On is perfect. Things that more have that slender profile to it. But it's tungsten. And it's got a, a really different blade to it. They also make the the actual switch blade, like, the blade itself that you can add to any vertical tying jig head. Uh, but it's something completely different. You know, tungsten, obviously, as Maddie mentioned, makes a completely different noise. Quick note on that switch blade, too, is... They, I think they have two different blade sizes, if I remember correctly, in three different colors. So you can go, it was a black, silver, and gold, Bailey, for blades. Two different sizes, too. Yeah. yeah. And it's, on the back of it, you can just quickly change out your blade while you're right on the water. Whoa. Yeah. Trippy. Yeah. And it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it looks good. Jim- <laughs> Jim Johnson here saying, uh, careful, Maddie, uh, after a dark on chick, you might start hearing banjos. <laughs> Just paddle faster. Just paddle yeah. faster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh. funny. Oh, that is hilarious. All um, right, Maddie, what's your what's your second pick here? Well, <clears throat> I would have to say a glide bait. Yeah, I would have to say a glide bait. Um, depending on what I'm doing, whether it's pre-fish or um, in a tournament, a glide is always going to be tied on. Uh, there's certain scenarios that um, it's not something that I'm like constantly throwing all day uh, because there's times where it's just not the bait to throw, but then there's other times it is the bait to throw. And um, it, it really helped me a lot this week um, get some of the weight in, in the boat. And um, it's one of those tools where, uh, once you learn it and apply it and have seen it in action, you understand its place. Um, but it does take some time uh, and a lot of dedication to be able to get confident enough and to throw it in the high pressure situations. Um, I honestly thought that it was going to be a giant player this week because of the amount of people that aren't comfortable throwing it during a tournament situation. Um, because it is, it is a, um, kind of a low percentage bait when they do eat it. Um, you know, it's not 
you're not putting every single one in the boat. And if you do, you're having a great day. Uh, and it's just, that's just part of the game. You can also, you know, you can, you live by the sword and you also die by it, but hero or zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a tool uh, that has multi, uh, multiple different layers. Um, and when I, when I say that it has, um, it has a search, a searching bait kind of uh, appeal to it where you can cover a lot of water and you can um, look and draw out fish, whether or not they're, if they're bass or if they're like even bluegill will follow the thing and crappie or certain certain times, you can kind of see what other forages in the area uh, Two, You can fish it around cover, whether it's docks, whether it's laydowns, whether it's rock piles. Uh, so you're also utilizing that as another time to draw out other fish or anything else from those ambush areas. And then the third is, um, you know, you're presenting something that, those fish are instinctively programmed to kill. So you're, 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 you're turning a switch in those fish that is, it's like, it's like a deer in a headlight scenario where it, if they're pre-spawn or even if they're post-spawn and especially post-spawn, because they actually start committing to the bait a lot more it is, Oh, look at that meal. That thing needs to die. And especially if there's large large forage on your body of water like gizzard shad or big thread fin it's just something that they're going to be keeping an eye out and this week you know um you know i think going touching back on i think our the last time that i I was on i was talking about you know just being aware of your environment and like looking around and seeing how what the nature will give you as little clues Mm -hmm. and it's I was seeing a, a ton of six to eight inch gizzard shad um, kind of just roaming up shallow. And um, it just, it, it kind of made me, it, it made me think. Uh, so I would have to say a glide bait. Um, the 185, uh, that's the I slide 185 is a good glide. Um, it's for me, I can make that glide suspend a lot better than most. Uh, it it actually floats out of the package, and so um, something that I'll give to the folks at home uh, a little hack is use suspend dots, and um, you can actually suspend out that swim bait, um, making it an incredible cover cover bait. Uh, and the hook hangers underneath the hook hangers, there's a, a built-in magnet, so. Now, oh, that color itself is especially good. I, I've caught in numerous <laughs> founders on that thing. Um, and um, uh, the 262, I think it, it, it's a great bait during um, pre-fish for me because it's a large bait. If the if you have clarity that's like, you know, five feet or more, it it a, it has a lot of drawing power. And so when you're trying to locate some big stuff, like that's that's a, a great bait to use. But for me, on, during tournament, it's going to be an eye slide, or it's going to be a certain, uh, or it's going to be a uh, another glide bait that's around that same profile and size. Uh, it's just everything from a, a, a literally a two pound bass will eat it all the way up to a ten pound bass, uh, and you it's it's fun, you know, because you get to watch it. You know, it's whenever you get to watch a bait get engulfed by something, it just makes it that much more entertaining. Like that's why frog fishing is so fun. Yeah. You know, it's like you're watching, 
a frog. And that's another technique. I was talking to Davey Height, and he said, you know, it's funny that the swim bait is the hero or zero thing. That's what we used to think about with the frog. Mm. And I would say, oh, a frog's just another tool, just like anything else, just like a drop right. shot. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for them to say the hero or zero thing with the swim bait, it's like, no, it's just a tool, just like a frog or a drop shot. You just got to know when to apply it and then also how to execute when you do get the right bite. Um, because, you know, a lot of people end up losing the fish because of um, mechanics. Yeah. Um, and they, they try to play the fish too long or they try to, they're not using the right style of rod. They're not using the right equipment and then they lose the fish and they're like, well, swim baiting sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, uh, it does take some time. It does take some frustration. There's definitely a learning curve. It's not like here, go and grab that thing and go throw it around. You're going to catch a whole bunch of bass. It's like, no, go grab that thing, throw it around for three weeks. You might get a bite. Um, and so it's, but when you, but when it does, you know, come together, it it definitely does, um, work out. Sean, Sean Lai, what's up, bro? He said, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm I'm trying to like read the comments too, you know? Um, (laughs) chick. Yeah. uh, Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, no, uh, during the event, I definitely was throwing, I had, um, I had two different glides and then I had the mag draft on, on deck for me. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I would, I would take it out and show you how like mauled out that thing is. (laughs) Um, but it's completely packed up with a whole bunch of crap on top of it. So, um, my apologies, my apologies, but uh, you're fine. The rod that I was using um i was using a rod called a mark 48 and that is a destroyer um mega bass destroyer rod and for me the mark 48 is a crucial crucial piece of equipment because one it has just enough tip um action where you have like a nice moderate to soft uh tip where you can really get um some good twitches out of the bait and then also when you go to like pitch or, or, you know, throw the bait around, it's great. But then also when you go and set the hook, it bends enough and then it shuts off. And it's a, it's a really, it, it, the, the action's a lot faster there. But um, yeah, that's what I was using. And uh, that is my bait number dos. Uh, real quick before we move on to Andy, are you a mono floral braid guy when it comes to glides? Good question. Yeah. So I would say... If I'm fishing around, if I'm fishing around rock and um, I'm fishing around trees, I'm gonna, I'll say I'm going to use straight fluoro. Okay. I'm going to uh, most of the time I'm going to use twenty to twenty five ish. Sometimes, it, but that's like if there's giant striper around and I don't want to lose a bait. Um, but typically, twenty to twenty-two pound uh, Sunline shooter is what I use. Um, it's extremely abrasion resistant. It doesn't hold too much memory. It casts really well. And it's just a sturdy line. I have a lot of faith in it. Um, and um, but like, let's say like you're throwing a wake bait, you want to use kind of like a I would say like twenty pound mono or something like that, uh, or braid to uh, you know a, a, a short fluorocarbon leader. Or if you're fishing in grass, um, then you do like, you know, 
80 pound or 60 pound braid to, you know, a 25 pound leader, uh, just because you, you're able to turn the fish's head and, and, and get them out a little bit quicker. So having a lot of treble hooks around grass, they usually can, can dig you in there and you can get screwed. In trouble fast. Yeah. In a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> we have a comment here that says, Google says you're a male model. <laughs> Ask him to play your saxophone. <laughs> from jonathan i believe he's out from cali actually jonathan that uh, i don't know if people can afford that 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 version of maddie (laughs) oh no (laughs) my my only fins yeah quite literally maddie wong exposed (laughs) (laughs) no i've i'm i've had numerous different fun um gigs in my life and i'm super grateful to have uh yeah i had a little modeling career for a bit did like j crew and a bunch of other stuff for a few years um and then yeah i did play the saxophone professionally for eight years as well so awesome that's uh so so lee livesey has uh, a sponsor of whiskey myers when is jamie fox gonna be your title sponsor for Oh, man. I, I better hit up Jamie and be like, hey, dude, you want to, um, I don't know. He, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, dude, if you had Jamie Foxx come, come out with you on the classic stage, it'd be kind of steal the show more than you did this past year. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Mercer would definitely lose his shit if that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks well, thanks well, for, for, for reminding everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Seems> thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well let's keep let's keep rolling here with Bates. Uh, Andy, what's your third? Or sorry. My second? second. Yeah, second. second. Yeah, we're uh, slowly moving here. That's all right. Um when the water gets to about 43, 44 degrees on Lake Erie, my favorite thing to go to is the fish sense. Binsky in a blade bait. It's not a numbers deal. You can drag around a swim bait all day and catch a lot of fish. This catches a lot of big ones. And I'm not a caster. I am vertically jigging. And mm-hmm. I can only get them to go when I can tell how active they are on my 2D. So, so there's question for you. Yeah. Are you doing drifts? Yeah. So like it depends. It depends on the day. So a lot of times on guide trips and stuff we are drifting because we can cover a lot more water and i will rip a blade up and down just to try and fire up schools of fish but if um it's slick calm i've also found based on how they're positioned on the 2d if i go straight up and down underneath the boat with like a half ounce binsky i can get those fish to refire when they slack off based on the way they're positioned in the water column yeah and you would say like if they're um, closer to the bottom that they're more neutral feeders and like if they're raised up that they would be more active yeah so uh quick tip when i fish here i always zoom in in like the bottom 20 feet maybe even 15 feet of my 2d graph because that's where the smallmouth lives most of the time is on the bottom especially when the water is really cold and yeah. if they're tight to the bottom when i'm zoomed in then i have to drag something but if i get them a foot off the bottom they're actively feeding in my opinion, and that's when I can get them to drop the blade. You can actually watch it 
on your 2D on a slick day, like a slick calm day. As that blade is falling, you can watch them come up slightly and then track it back down to the bottom. Huh. So it, it's fun. 10 no. pound tests on a bait caster, straight fluoro, just wow. working on them. That's cool. It, that's it's super. That's really fascinating for me because that's something that I, I haven't. I don't have too much experience doing. Like I, yeah. I probably I've probably caught like a handful of uh, blade bait uh, fish, and um, yeah, they're it's usually like either casting it up to like rock bluffs and like like ripping mm-hmm. it off and not really fishing it too vertically. Um, I did find out about the gay blade recently, uh, which is a, a a trippy sleeper old school bait, and I thought was only just like a funny name for a bait but then it was like my buddy's like oh no the gay blade's a thing and i showed him like oh my gosh and and (laughs) the thing gets smacked um but yeah interesting that's cool and you know yeah i mean i think a great way to how andy likes to fish it and he's really effective with it like even for salt you know where you're just simply just you know jigging that sort of deal i mean that's pretty much the same thing Mm -hmm. so i think andy you like to really snap that thing yeah i'll snap it hard and then come back down on a slack line and then i'll pop like just kind of like pump it a couple times and i'll give it a hard rip and i just want to see how they react to it if they start rising i know they're going to eat it but it's very situational like i'll rip it for like 30 seconds and if they don't fire i put it right down but if i get them to chase then i'll get them and then do you do you let's say you get one on the blade? Do you drop the blade back down and then just keep hammering away, or do you pick up like a tamiki and then like? Well, usually, I just keep ripping away on a blade because okay. I've got them fired. And then once they shut off, then I'll like drop a, ne- a heavy net rig on them or a swim bait and drag okay. on them some more. Okay, yeah, that's just all fascinating. You know, learning yeah. just because you're like, yeah, you know, in the spring, forty degree water temps. I'm like, oh, that's. Yeah the middle of winter in california (laughs) i think i caught i don't remember the exact how many but i probably got five upper five fish like almost six pounds and i got four over six last spring on a blade just sitting there ripping it yeah wow and and my throat for like 30 minutes a day it's just very situation like if the school shuts off on the dragon baits i'm like oh let's see if we can get them refired and that's usually when i'll snap the biggest one in the school and i'm like sorry guys i feel really bad about that yeah <laughs> like sorry not sorry yeah. so. i thought a six pounder here you guys wear wear on the threes yeah huh. make sure i get a tip <laughs> <laughs> like uh but yeah it's like my favorite guide bait bait to fish because i can refire up fish if they shut off usually with it for a couple more bites before we have to move on it's a stuff really fun bite too. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you get on it, you don't want to switch because it's just so much fun to do. It's like, yeah. rip like and then the... you go to pop and your rod just like goes yeah. in in the water. Yeah. Cause they smash it. It's like oh, a jerk bait. Cool. When you go to like, when you go to like snap and it's already there and it locks on, it's, oh. yeah, it's pretty similar to that. But oh, instead you're great. going to, you're going straight up and the rod just doubles over and like falls out of your hand. Cause they, <laughs> Because it's a six pounder half the time, so it's like lifting into a bunch of bricks. That's awesome. But it, it's really fun when you do it, and it's like sub freezing temperatures, and your wrists are locked up, and you go to like set the hook, and you're just like using your whole body because you can't move your wrist because you're too dang cold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> <it>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, to keep that rolling, one bait that actually, I mean, this is not just spring, but 
I have the most fun with it in the spring, but one I'll throw all year round. Um, one, it'll to many, it'll look like just a football jig, um, but it's the Queen Tackle Finesse Football Jig. And I think this has kind of been a recent trend for a lot of people, but it's like, it's not very big. Like it, it's, yeah, it, it's not your standard football jig um, where there, where Queen makes like the big hammerhead. Uh, this is like a very finesse football style, very like tiny, kind of almost like your, your micro craw football jig. That's mm-hmm. what I really like to go to because it's got a lighter wire too, especially when water temps are colder and their mouths are a little bit thicker. That mm-hmm. seems that lighter wire can get through easier because yep. you can throw it on lighter line, yep. lighten up on the rod. And usually when you have those fish pinned, they're, they're not they're not coming off at all. Um, but that's one I'll throw too. Like when people are fishing, uh, you know, smallmouth herbs, they're throwing bigger football jigs throughout the year. I like to downsize to a little football jig or even bring that through some, uh, some grass. I jammed one today on it. Is that a, is that a Ned on there? It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a five sixteens or is that three eighths? This is a three eighths. This is the, the heaviest one to make, but yeah. they do. What are the other sizes? They make a quarter and what else? In I believe it's just a quarter and three eighths in the peanut finesse. Okay. Yeah. Let me double but, check it here. Yeah, I'm trying to work with um I'm trying to work with this jig company to put out a little finesse jig. Um I think that that's that's a huge key 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 bait because there's a lot of craws, uh, especially as the water temps are swarm up and here, here's a little tip for you, Maddie. Even yeah. in 33 degree temperature, they'll eat crawfish because the crawfish don't hibernate. Huh? I I walk steelhead streams all winter and find crawfish out and about in 30 degree water. 32 degree water with slush flowing down it. That's wild. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The was it in end of December? I think it was like 18 degrees out, and I kicked over a rock, and a crayfish scurried out, and I'm like. Huh. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if it's um I think obviously it's, it's area area dependent, but then if there's a certain type of species of crayfish um or a craw daddy, however you want to call it, that has like a a certain type of um uh like restra- uh, resistance to cold yeah. weather. Uh that's just fascinating. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that part just because all I really know is like New York and the Northeast. But yeah. that's one little thing I found while walking steelhead streams is that crayfish do stay out. And I always see them early too. Like, Are they green pumpkin? Yeah, they're green pumpkin and they'll have a little bit of blue in them. Cool. Oh, man, that's so neat. Yeah. yeah it's usually kind of like the underbelly that's got like the lightish blue to them. Yeah. But in the, or in like the pinchers. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, the ones out west, um, they're they're typically like the darker red. You know, you have like red ones, or they're in uh, when it's cold out. Still, they'll be before the molt. They'll have like a pretty uh, hefty shell um, and pretty dark, uh, pronounced uh, black with like red dots. Uh, mm-hmm. At least on like Lake Pyramid and whatnot. Um, he says, is, "Am I familiar with Casitas? Yes, I love Casitas. I've fished many a tournaments there." Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a great that's a great springtime bait. That's a that's a good good pick, Bailey. Heck yeah, Maddie, you're up, man. What's next for you? Ooh, jerk bait. Mm, I saw Without, that coming. Someone was gonna have it. 
Yeah, without without hesitation. Uh, I, if I said it first, everyone would have been like, "Yeah, duh." Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I figured to like kind of suspend it. Um, pun intended. Yeah. Um, I'm on fire tonight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the highlight with Phil, right? Uh, but like, um, I would say. I would say the plus one first, then I would say the regular, and then the plus two. Um, plus two definitely has its place, but the plus one always has its place. Uh, you can fish it shallow, you can fish it deep. Um, depends on the line size and then also your hooks. Um, it's a great pre-spawn bait. You can trigger uh, big uh, staging females to want to eat out of brush piles off of logs. You can use it as a search bait to draw out fish. Um, if they're smallmouth and they're aggressive feeding and they're just trying to swipe at stuff, they're going to kill it. Um, it's, it's just, it's such a fun bait to, to fish because again, it's a power fishing technique. You can actively cast it and move it. You can also sweep it. You can crank it. There's, there's a bunch of different things that you can do with a traditional style, uh, jerk bait. And, um, for me, it's just the, the mega bass fishing 110. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I, I fished a lot of uh, balsa style jerk baits or rip baits when I was when I was smaller um, in Hawaii, and also like uh, you know some Rapala, you know like some good old Rapala twitch baits or whatnot. Um, but then the the technology now with uh, just the way that hard baits are made and the way that you're actually able to make a a, a perfectly balanced and suspending bait, it's it's pretty deadly, um, and so. I would say that that is a a must-have for the springtime for me. Now, do you swap the treble hooks right away, or do you keep the stock Mega Bass trebles there? I will switch them out during the tournament, and when I'm when I'm pre-fishing, I usually will just when I'm trying to figure out which color they're on, then I'll just I'll just go through my box and I'm like. You know, like each yeah, Matt, like just going through like the list, and then once I they start eating it, and then I can see how they're eating it, um, and then from there I'll I'll I'll, I'll make a hook adjustment uh, for the for the tournament, uh, just so I'm not really going through the good hooks during during practice. Um, not to say that the mega bass hooks aren't good, but uh, you have to, in my opinion, I think you have to be utilizing eight to ten pound test uh, for those hooks to be really effective. Um, and uh, not a lot of guys like to fish a twenty dollar jerk bait on eight to ten pound test, and uh, yeah, it's I throw it on ten. Yeah, like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, I, if it's clear water, I'm throwing it on ten, and then if there's some bigger fish, I'll throw it on twelve and up to fourteen. Um, and it, that's that's something that I think is uh, it's not it's not bad. It doesn't hinder, especially if you're fishing it with a snap. It doesn't hinder the movement too much of the bait. Um, but yep. Now that that's a question I have for you. If you throw like a snap on the front of it, right. Instead of the, the O ring or whatever you'd call this, the swivel, snap, the swivel or whatever, what mm-hmm. snap do you use and what size? Yeah. Uh, good question. I use a, I use a decoy snap. Um, and I, I believe it's, uh, maybe it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give you a number and, and, and just be, horribly wrong and then everyone goes out and buys a three and be like it's a 300 pound snap why are you giving me this crap um, <laughs> fair it, enough you know so i would 
yeah, get a couple, you know, and, and, and it doesn't hurt to have it because they're great for, I use them on poppers. I use them on glide baits. I use them on, you know, it's, it, it helps movement. Um, and it, it doesn't res- restrict movement on a, a lot of different moving baits where you want to have freedom, uh, to swing. Um, and, uh, yeah. Chris Flay, if I am missing my old boat or getting custom to a new one, the new one I'm extremely custom to now, and I'm very spoiled. <laughs> I'm very spoiled. And, like, I, it's kind of ridiculous on how, you know, I, I, I am excited to go back. I, I'll be in California um, for a little bit next week, and I, I I'm plan on taking out my old boat just to run it. Um, and so I'm excited to just fish it. But it is gonna feel like uh, uh, just different, you know. <laughs> it, I mean, it will feel it will feel like home because it's obviously like where my heart is. But it will um, compare to like the Cadillac that I've been uh, that I've grown very accustomed to. It, it's it's been awfully nice. Um, yeah, it'll feel like when Andy lets me run his boat, and then the next day I go out on my kayak. Uh it's gotta be similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like Andy runs back. across the lake. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> if I if there was a dollar for every time that uh, Andy and our friend group teases me about the kayak, nah, um, it's it's an incredible uh, incredible fish catching uh, floating mobile. That I I don't. It's good stuff. As long as you can get out there with it, that's all that yeah. matters. <laughs> oh man, don't hold back, buddy. Let it rip. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing else, dude. I'll be out there with my board shorts on a stand-up paddle board, and like, they're like, "Don't you get a bass boat?" I'm like, "Yeah, but this is way more challenging and fun." <laughs> <laughs> Love it, yeah. Maddie. Maddie Wong on live coverage on a paddle board in Lake Chickamauga. <laughs> <laughs> getting towed around <laughs> yeah, right. two got two guys on the paddle board one with a camera and maddie yeah, on right. the nose yeah balance it out yeah he, a cameraman comes down to the dock and is like ready to get on his boat and sees the paddle board he goes this is your ride today bud <laughs> you're, you're you get yeti the it's actually our flotation device so please bring it yeah, yeah oh, right. all right andy what's your next one all right so um, I hate to beat the dead drum here, but Maddie, so now I'm moving into like largemouth baits and it's all water dependent for me. So uh-huh. the first thing I pick up as soon as I go largemouth fishing, depending on the body of water is going to be a jerk bait in the morning. I like to start with like a 110 because it is a more of a slower bait for me. You can fish it faster, but I don't like it so much as a rip bait. I have found two others like that fit the more of a quicker action for me that I need. So I'll I'll start with a 110 when the water is like 42 to 45 degrees. And as it warms up in the day, uh, Bailey got me on the Stunna. I've caught some really good smallmouth on this already. But when it starts to get in the upper 40s, I found a really good jerkbait is the Jackal Rerange because you can work it a lot faster and it reacts really well. So... Mm -hmm. Slow, methodical fishing, 110 on 10-pound test. Stunna on 12-pound test, and I can fish it a little bit quicker, I found, because it mm-hmm. slow sinks. And then the re-range, I really like to work it. 
and it gets yeah. a lot of bites that way. Yeah. And I was just experimenting from last year to this year. If I'm smallmouth fishing entirely, I don't have it up here with me, but it's a 110 plus one junior on the Great yeah. Lakes. They yeah. just chew that dang thing. Yeah. That's a great bait. I, yeah. I would say to make a little adjustment, if you wanted to fish a slow sinking plus one, um, or even uh, the the plus one junior, what you do for the junior, I, you typically can change out the hooks to a size six, but I'll put fives on it. Yeah. And uh, for the plus one, instead of using fives, I'll use fours on the front and the back, and that will actually give it a little slow sink as well. So, Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, no, the, the stun and the re-range are both incredible jerk baits as well. Tricky, tricky. And then um, I don't know if I'll take heat for this, but I did watch a kid in my boat on Monday smash them on the 13 fishing one, I believe it was, the loco or whatever. Just absolutely just when they wanted it really aggressive, he was crushing them. I've actually heard that's pretty I've heard a few people say that yeah. now. Oh. So, so I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. And he had the most heinous color I've ever seen in my life. And he was, I think he caught, I think Andy, the other Andy that I referred to earlier, caught like eight and eight casts at one point when the jerkbait bite, t- bite turned on. And I got like one or two over like an hour. Well, so yeah. Interesting. I was like, this is neat. Yeah. You're like, do you have an extra one? Yeah, I was like, great, now I have to spend more money. Like, yeah, that's yeah. where my thought. And I was like, oh, the jerkbait bite will be done soon until like the end of May anyways, until I start smallmouth fishing. So this is the, the part of bass fishing that I appreciate so much, but also hate at the same time. Because <laughs> like if they're not, they're eating one jerkbait and not eating the other, it's like it, it. I get so frustrated with that. Like when I go and I'll throw a specific jerkbait and try different colors on it can't get bit on it and i come back to the ramp and the guy goes to the same stretch and goes yeah i caught him on a jerk bait but they're like oh you got to throw this brand this brand's way better than the other one yeah. and you just get so pissed because there's like five different jerk baits they tell you to use in different situations and it's like yeah. at that point this goes back to like our color conversation that andy and i always have where all i have is green pumpkin black and blue and white and that's just about it and if people go like it's gotta be purple flake with blue yeah. flake and green yeah. and like, GLX, no, cotton wagasaki and spawn cherry the only two colors yeah. you need right like and everything else just throw away yeah, yeah. just, yeah. just uh, that's, that's my favorite when guys say that like oh, this is the only color you need like, yeah dude i hate that it's like you know what let the fish the fish won that day i don't care like it's just like I, I will throw this bone out there. The one jerkbait color I found to be like most consistent in all light conditions out of the Mega Bass line is Ido Natural. That color mm-hmm. just gets chowed and Western Clown for smallmouth. No yeah. matter if it's sunny, cloudy, windy, those two colors always get bit for me when yeah. smallmouth fishing. Yeah, for sure. I think really just good. being visual feeders, right? Just yeah. seeing that Western Clown, they're like, ah! Yeah, for whatever reason, they freaking. And that the mega bass one is translucent too when you hold it up to light. It it's good. It's a good color. Ooh. Little little tricks in the of the trade and yeah. things I need to put on the, the order list when I go up north. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody throws Western clown over here for whatever reason in Buffalo area. No wonder. I don't yeah. see anybody throw clown. I've tried no. it too. I can't get bit on it. Only smallmouth and Lake Erie will eat it in the Niagara River. Just huh. throwing it out there. It's well, the only place I can ever get them to bite it. 
Huh. Because it's only anything that moves past him. Not Thursdays, <laughs> it's all delete. <laughs> Remember, I'm a tinkerer, Bailey. I have I have more colors in my box than green pumpkin, black, and blue. And white. I know you do. This is why when we have this argument. When <laughs> it comes to, but only, only when it comes to jerk baits and crank baits, I'll run more than those colors. Mm. In top water. Mm. There, there's been times where actually, Maddie, you'll appreciate this because we, we were talking earlier about like the the signs that you know nature give you right when you're on the water. Uh, there's times where I will watch Andy go down and do what he was talking about earlier, flip rocks. Like he'll walk down to the ramp, flip some rocks around, look around. And he goes, "I saw this crawdad had a little bit of like this color in it. We got to get this color, like you know, with markers or whatever." And I'm like, "Dude, just throw a green pumpkin. You're going to get bit. Like, stop. Like, yeah." He's just—he's that much of eighteen career. He'll go. I away. like it. I like it. I'm into it. Dip the cross just in a tiny bit of orange, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yep, see, it works. <laughs> if you look, I just stuck one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of orange in the eyeball of the crawl. <laughs> Got to paint it up. Yeah. Now I don't know if you're mocking me or actually enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, <kidding>. both. <laughs> Fair enough. No, dude, looks legit, man. I think, yeah, subtle, subtle. Um, Subtle colors in nature. There's just times where uh, a little blue vein or a little red vein will be the the difference of of uh, like for instance, I caught fish on a drop shot this week. Um, none of them that helped me during the tournament, but I was I went through like four or five different worm colors, and then I went back to Margarita Mutilator and got bit again. And I'm like, why did I even change? Um, when in but, doubt, always fish margarita, whatever it's called, M M&M. and M. I always call M M&M and M because I can't pronounce it. So, yeah, <laughs> margarita mutilator, margarita mutilator, tongue tied, margarita mutilator. Yeah. So, for people that don't don't know the story about that color, there's a lake in California called Santa Margarita. Okay. And that place is where that color got originated. And it's yeah. the margarita mutilator because they absolutely destroy it on that lake and the rest of the country. Heck yeah. But That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whole random thing. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's keep uh, the whole bait deal going for my fourth one because some, somebody's got to throw it out there because I, and it's, it's one where you've, I've heard some people say it that the chatterbait's taken over and it's kind of been a quote unquote forgotten bait, even though everyone and their mother owns one. Um, I still think it's, it's definitely making a resurgence back to the competitive field. You know, not that it's ever left Jason Christie's boat, uh, but I'm going with the Ah! love spinnerbaiting. I almost brought one with me, but I couldn't because it's so situational for me. Mm. I, uh, Spinnerbait has always been an absolute confidence for me. Uh, this one specifically is, I think it's the it's the accent. It's either the it's one of the Jacob Wheeler ones. I can't remember that he's got like five different styles. Um, I just look at the blades and that's what determines what I throw. But um, I think a spinnerbait is one that is completely. You could use it in clear water. You can use it muddy water. You can use it shallow. And there's definitely ways you can throw it deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, ways that people don't really think to throw it. Um, I think it's a lot vers- more versatile than people give it credit for. Um, there's times, especially in the spring, when I have some deep fish that are moving up to those major pre-spawn areas that they're down in like 12 to 15 where you throw on a- an ouncer and you let that thing tick bottom. And that's some of the best bites you can have 
in terms of 20 pound fluoro and they rip the rod out of your hand. Um, But I think the most fun way possible to fish this bait, uh, just like a kid in a candy store is getting up shallow, you know, that, that nice warming, like dirtier water, throwing it around timber Mm -hmm. and like shallow cover. And that is addicting. It's hard to put it down when that bite's going. Uh Yeah. Fun. I love it. about, about another week or so, if it stays warm, I, there's a low reservoir around here that I just go and throw a spinnerbait at for like eight hours. You don't catch any big ones. It's just an addicting fun bite. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's, dude, spinnerbait bite is hard. Like, pedigree bite's fun, but a spinnerbait bite is like, it's a different bite. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's really, it's really intriguing, especially in the pre-spawn. It's a, it's a really, really killer bait. Um, and in uh, that murky water and and also i mean uh pre and post spawn like just recently on cherokee uh the spinnerbait was a big player there uh guys were just winding it out like slow rolling it deep when it was she class calm and uh, a lot of guys caught um their limits on that so <laughs> that's uh that's definitely a good one to to hit i'm gonna, Wait, I'm gonna... The... sorry to cut you off manny but real quick i was just gonna say it, yeah, like yeah. you mentioned the glide bait being such a visual bait too. The spinner bait can also be a visual bait where you especially got that up shallow and that flash. Oh, you yeah. see that thing just get wrecked. You almost see it happening before you feel it. Oh dude, it's so cool when you just watch your blades going and then you just see yeah. like flash boom and you're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. Oh, sorry. Carry on, Maddie. I didn't no, know you're good. I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna um like uh, swing over to the comment section and, and go through a couple of these real quick. Um, am I working on a signature bait with any particular brand? Mr. Higgs asks. And uh, yes, actually, um, I'm going to be doing a limited release with Bastrix, and it's called the Longgill. Um, you guys are hearing it now for the first time. I haven't Ooh. publicly put it out yet. And um, it's, uh, I believe we're going to release it on Saturday. And a, it is going to be a gorgeous bluegill uh, imitation um, hollow body boot tail bait that would be great on a flashy swimmer, on exposed hook, or even if you want to, you know, rig it as a line through or uh, as a even a swim jig trailer. Or what I've been doing is I'll take the Uoze jig head um, or the swim jig Uoze and then actually trim the skirt off of it almost entirely and then use that as a jig head um, yeah. because it's a, a really stout ho- uh, hook and a really cool looking um, really cool looking jig head um, second one never ever hang out with surfers on the north shore like GOB and, and Florence <laughs> yeah so I know Jamie I used to free dive with him a little bit uh, I grew up surfing with all those guys um, I used to compete and watching john john was still a little kid and so we're, i'm a little bit older than john john so we weren't competing against each other uh, but um a lot of those guys i'm friends with like little seth moniz who's on who's on tour right now it's a is my 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 buddy's younger brother so yeah that's that's the thing um so yes Dude, there needs to be like in a few years However long it takes you to uh, to win a blue trophy, there needs to be a documentary of all the damn things you've done up until that blue trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I yeah, that's definitely one of the goals, man. I want to win one of those things pretty bad, I, and uh, and 
you know, it's, I, I'm just grateful to have a very, um, a very adventureful life. Uh, Dude, you have like the most badass resume out of the elite for all the random stuff you've done. Oh man, thank you, dude. I it's appreciate awesome. it. The Kosekis of the Elite series. <laughs> the most interesting surfer in the world. Uh, <laughs> like, but with no beard, and I can't grow one. And I'll just, go, hmm. I'm like twist like my three chin hairs together. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Love uh, it. But, um, yeah. Um, Am I, am I next? Yeah, you're up. You're up, and then we're uh, then Andy, and then we got our last bait of the night, and we're gonna l- let you go relax. And we got your 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 day off finally after being grinding for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's I'm ready for and tomorrow. I got yeah, I got an interview in the morning, and yeah, never stops. It never you stops. You got another job coming up. Yeah, no, uh, Bass, Bassmaster, I'm doing a, a thing with them. Um, they, they're having me on for the whole VMC monster bag um, for nice. Chick, which is really cool. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. Um, let's see. I talked about glide bait, talked about jerk bait, talked about um, the the vibrating jig. You talked mm-hmm. about a jig. Um, I would say a flipping jig is i mean it's going to be kind of close to the the football jig deal in the same kind of category but in the pre-spawn in the spring bass one of their favorite pieces of cover to 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 stage up on to use his routes to to ambush bait and is wood whether it's a dock whether it's a lay down whether it's a stump wood is just a great great cover that and some of one of my favorite things to fish uh it reminds me a lot of what i grew up doing and a flipping jig is a great way to put a giant in the boat. Um, Iconelli caught a 10-8 in practice here, flipping a jig. So no one also probably knows about that either. No. And some inside stuff. And he caught an absolute giant, and it kind of pushed him in an area to want to f- keep flipping the jig around because obviously when you catch a 10-8 in practice, you're, you're kind of keyed in on something. Jason Christie. Yep. Flipping, flipping his jig around um and so that's uh i would say that's that that's one of them um but um yeah that's that's a good one so i'm, I'm gonna I, since we already kind of said that i'm gonna just skip to the last one for me which is gonna be like the like a mag draft uh boot booty bait oh look at bailey's Bailey's. <laughs> I'm gonna get to it before you say it. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, look at there. There she is. So, um, for I think uh, Jack Belt asked what glide bait I was throwing. So yeah, it was the 180? It was the ice slide. I also was throwing the storm. Um. So, uh, don't tell Megabass. No. Uh, that no. They're they're cool. It, anyone. It looking to get a um a cheap glide bait and this is just like i'm not affiliated with them at all and probably shouldn't be plugging it but it's a great one brandon polonic put a lot of time into that bait and i think it's a extremely underrated and underutilized bait um and it catches them but so does the eye slide so i i i, I hold uh equal confidence in both baits um i won regionals on an eye slide and 
you know, I have footage of that. You can go back and check a look at that on my capture fish ep- uh, channel. Um, and that's the proof for that pudding. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say the mag draft is again, a visual bait that you can fish in clear water when the conditions are sheet calm. It can also be windy out and you can target giants if, if it's windy and, and uh, in a mess, um, you can fish flats, you can fish bluff walls, you can fish cover, uh, wood trees, you can skip it under docks. Um, a little tip that I'll give you guys. Um, there's a couple different ways that I like to rig it. Uh, that's a little different, you know, like Zaldane's trick was like, well, you take one of the trebles and then you bend it up and it makes like this finger and you can like put it in like, and I'm like, uh, it's, you know, that's, that's one way to rig it. But for me, I like having all three trebles still intact. Um, what I've been doing is I've been putting uh, the short shank Gamagatsu EWG treble hook, um, and so it's a it's a it's an EWG style treble, and I'll replace the stock treble, um, and that way it doesn't have um, it, it, it's a little bit more like weedless or snag snaggy less um, than the stock regular round bends, and when they get it, they they ain't coming off. And, and most of the time, so I've seen a couple mods out there where like, like I think Blockit put out something where you, if you, if you take a, like a barrel swivel and then you've got a split ring and you put another barrel swivel, then you could attach the, the treble hook and let it sit further back. So if like they're short striking it, um, so like if, if they're, if they're eating the bait, but they're only getting the tail of it, you can extend the hook back a little bit further. I think that's a great, t- uh, it's a great mod for like the eight inch. Um, I would also say it does work on the six, but most of the time with the six, if you're targeting fish that are two pound or bigger, they usually hit it head first. And most of the time, a lot of your hook rash or stuff or the way that the fish or the the bait looks at the end of a day, you look at the head and the head looks completely smoked. Um, so, um, yeah, I would say the mag draft and also uh, just a soft, soft, hollow body style swim bait like a bastrix seven inch paddle tail is another sleeper um it's it's something that not i don't say anyone really talks about on tour but it's something that a lot of people do throw um is 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 that uh that bigger bastrix um they are tricky to get um and uh and but they 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 definitely catch them skip super well and on a on a bigger ewg monster hook with like a screw lock it it just the head moves like a mag draft the tail kicks like a mag draft you don't have to worry about doing uh operation with the mag draft to turn it into like a freestyle bait it's just comes ready to rig um Hmm. but um yeah that would be my my number five heck yeah yeah Yeah. i I think that to add that and we'll we'll end it with with andy um for me and i want to you know ask you a question actually off of this but for me the six inch mag draft is just like a simple bite getter where you can fill a limit but also you have a chance at some big bigger fish on it Mm -hmm. eight inch for me is to one either bring out bigger fish or two just to straight up get a bigger bite because i've noticed two pounders will try to eat the eight but they have a lot harder time obviously getting hooked um, but like, it seems to be like four pounds and up, they are able to get that eight inch. That's one thing I like about the eight, but I have yet to, at least and it might be just because I'm in the North and don't want to throw a 10 inch bait, 
But yeah. have you found a place to throw the 10 over the eight? Um, yeah, if you're trophy hunting. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't throw the 10 in, uh, in, in tournament per se. Um, but I've had, I've had two, I've had two pound fish try to choke a 10 inch. <laughs> Good God. That's almost yeah. as big as that. Yeah. I've, Good I've had finish. them actually eat it all the way up to the treble hook and like not get a hook. And I'm like looking down, I'm like, you silly, stupid bass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this like, looks yummy. <laughs> I, I'm going to end up picking you up when you're like eight pounds and pulling like a four pound crappie out of your mouth. You know, it's like it's it, there's just there's certain things with these these fish that they just want to kill certain things. And, and, and it's really entertaining, especially like this week. I had numerous fish come out that were just like a couple inches bigger than the glide bait and absolutely smoke it. And it just, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, You're in I'll, my home. Yeah. He's like, Get out of my tree. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. Mr. Mr. Higgs, he's caught 18, but yeah, it's a cheap bait and it gets bit, man. Uh, I, I don't know. That's uh that's, that's, yeah. That's something. That's something there. Um, split rings. Uh, any type of upgraded split rings are great. Um, and then, uh, I I typically use just a EW like a, a a regular. So here's a little trick too. So in the winter time, bass will commit to a glide. Um, when they eat it, they actually eat it. So you can use an EWG style hook during the winter. In the pre spawn, I tend they they tend to want to bump it and not really eat it as much. And so I will go to a more round bend style hook, whether it's the um, kind of, it's the larger uh, gummies, uh, whether the, the, I think they're either the ones or the twos. Um, and then another one um, that's kind of a tricky one to use is uh, the decoy quad hook. They're kind of hard to get, but uh, it's also another good one to use. They do bend out. So heads up there. Don't be wrenching in no eight pounders and trying to boat flip them. Um, but you'll still, if, if they have the bait good, you can still get them in the boat. Um, but then, you know, it comes with the territory. Get, get, get ready to either have, have the most memorable epic fish catch of your life or, or one of the biggest heartbreaks. So. <laughs> well, good to know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Andy. All right. Episode up. Uh, so number four, since it's been mentioned like three times already by Bailey and Maddie, is a switchblade by Queen or a jackhammer. Three-eighth and half ounce is pretty much the only sizes I use. But um, last year, I really got into throwing rattle baits, like traps, when mm. the water gets to be like 48 to 54 mm. degrees, wherever there's grass or shell beds. Mm-hmm. Like yo-yoing it or straight retrieve or ripping it. That's mm-hmm. what I caught the six three on today was a TN sixty. Yeah. Ooh. So was that on a trip. And I got um another five pound smallie on it, yo-yoing it through a shell bed that uh, had uh, like some type of crib rock wood structure in the middle of it. Huh. So yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. That's a fun bite. Yeah, really cool. ripping up, and as it's on the fall on a slack line, doom, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> you that's lean awesome. into them, and I'm like, yeah, oh, that's a big one. I, I hooked wow. four, and that, this is the one thing I hate about traps 
is I feel like it's a low landing percentage bait because they can just throw them easily. Yeah. I lost two other really big fish today on the trap. What hooks for I hook? Oh, just I literally pulled it out of the package and threw it. I didn't change the hooks, but that's my fault. fault. Yeah. Your but fault. usually I go to like an owner short shank, like SC, whatever the SC 36 is around Ben, but they make yeah. a short shank one too that I really like that I just found. So, yeah. Like the Z wire or something like that, that they got a new uh, one out. I think it was like an STX 38. It uh-huh. was just a short shank and super oh, fine it's needle. Zoe wire. That's what Zoe it's wire, yeah. I, I haven't used those ones yet, but the one thing I don't like about the Jackal bait, I don't know if you can see it, the back hook is smaller than the yeah. front one. So I don't know. I have to experiment with it because it's literally mm-hmm. the first time I ever threw this. I am almost always throwing a two tap red eye shad. I yeah. love the two tap. That one. And that I'll put like a size, what is that, size 4 ST36 on. And that mm-hmm. works really well. But uh, this guy gets bit really well. I, so. I have I have three of them in my, my tackle box, that exact bait. And they are so chewed that you can't even tell what color they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I the do best. with that. What I what I do with that bait is I actually use an EWG style hook with that, and my hookup ratio goes way up. Um, when they are slapping at it and not getting it, then yeah, a round band is going to be a lot better. But usually, when if they're getting it off of uh, shell beds, which I've which I've been finding in the past couple of places, that when you're fishing uh, the lipless and like m- murky, dirty water, when largemouth eat it, they get it, um, and it's not really like a slap. Yeah. Um, but then smallmouth, I think that's something that I'm still, I don't have too much experience throwing lipless for smallmouth. So it's just a different. It's, it's funny you say that the smallmouth that I caught on at the five pounder, it was like hooked seven different ways in the mouth. Like got it really good. Yeah. The big largemouth that I lost literally had it down its throat. And when he came up to the boat, he just opened his mouth and it shot out. Like yeah. just was never hooked. And then the other one was like, t-boned and hooked basically on like both sides of the face like i don't know how we got the tn60 in there but it was hooked like on the inside like on the bottom like all the way across yeah Yeah. just choked and the other one i when i yo-yoed it i leaned into him and i got like three head shakes and it just came off so that one i'm sure Mm -hmm. was probably a big small mouth but who knows yeah and though and though the rod that you're using is a pretty like pretty soft rod yeah, it's a seven three medium heavy composite. Yeah. So I can rip it out of grass if I want, but it's got the parabolic bend all the way through it. And like on twelve pound or something? Yeah, I was throwing it. Yeah, I was actually throwing it, I think, at 14, 14, 14. or fifteen. Yeah. Nice. I wanna try this whole trend that's I believe it originated, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but it started on Gunnersville of using like seven eights to seven eleven medium heavies for traps and they're having a lot of success with hookup ratio with it so that's one i'm trying to get out of that like seven two to seven four and start experimenting with those longer rods for traps Mm -hmm. Um, but what i'm curious with that jackal is because there's a lot of traps that are known for either good at ripping it or they're as like a straight reel yeah, uh, which one is that? Is a jackal more of a your kind of yo-yo type bait, or is it a straight reel? I today I found 
they ate it better when I yo-yoed it. I could really feel it vibrate and pulse really well. And what I find like with the two tap on the red eye shred, if I yo-yo it, sometimes the because it the way that it's built in the keel on it, it'll actually foul. I had zero fouling on the TN70 and the TN60 there. When I rip, I could feel it all the way through. Yep. And then you can yeah. feel it almost shimmy on the way down. You can watch your line shimmy with it. I, I would have to agree with you. If I'm if I'm on a bite where it's a yo-yo bite um, and not a straight retrieve, straight retrieve, I'll go with the red eye or a um, or the mega bass um, uh, lipless has actually been a really solid one for me. Uh, the, 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 cr- the craw color, I think it's the stealth craw. It looks black and red to your eye. And then if you hold it up, it's actually translucent. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, that, that, uh, that disc knocker, the Jack Hall one for me is almost entirely just a, uh, it's an incredible sound to that disc knocker. Yeah. It's a good video bait for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that we won't talk about right now, but I think calls for a future show, Andrew, is you talked about how you only will throw three ace to half ounce uh, chatterbaits or bladed jigs, vibrating jigs, however everyone loves to call them. Uh, we need to do a show talking about ounce and ounce and a quarter chatterbaits because I throw the heck out of those things. Yeah. Um, so we'll save that for yeah. <laughs> All right, Maddie. Like Maddie's coming back. <laughs> yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, but we're going to wrap it up because, Maddie, I know you said today was uh, was your day off, and we seriously appreciate you, you taking the time out to uh, come on and chat with us and drop some more juice. The true hero of the night is Maddie Wong. Oh, no, stop, guys. I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> I, I, I'm always pumped to hang out with you guys, and, and I'm, uh, I'm always pumped to talk fishing. So uh, thank you for reaching out and having me on. It's yeah. always, always a good time. Good hang with you boys. Heck yeah, buddy. We're looking forward to you coming up north and hit us up if you if you need anything. But we will let you go and get some rest. But dude, we'll we'll talk to you soon. We appreciate it. Of course. You guys be well. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. And uh au revoir. <laughs> Jazz hands <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's going out with a song. <laughs> hey, man. All right, boys. Hey, that was a little jazz hands. That's right. It's that uh, it's that L.A. Hollywood showboy in, in yeah. Maddie, <laughs> which Love folks. It. I mean, we had him on. Obviously, we've had him on shows before. Uh, but if you did not know, if you're a, if you're a TV fan and you watch Hawaii Five O, Maddie Wong has starred in a episode of, of Hawaii Five O as like some dumb stoner kid getting arrested. So, <laughs> oh geez, that's hilarious. yeah. We'll have to find the clip and, and post it on social just to tease him, but. Uh, he provided us with some good clips to post to social oh. tonight. But uh, I know some of the baits that we, we showed tonight were kind of like almost obvious stuff, uh, stuff but we tried to kind of highlight what's unique with those yeah. more popular baits. But there's definitely some stuff in here tonight that uh, maybe some people overlook for this time of year. Not that this time of year it's too hard to get bit because there's a reason people make fun of people that fish in the spring called KVD season because it, it genuinely is easy to get bit in the spring. Mm-hmm. It's a fun time of year to fish, but there's definitely certain things you can throw and things that you can do to try to hone in on bigger bites. Um, and that's one thing we were trying to bring out tonight. I think we did that, Andy. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, 
And the one big thing about like the obvious bait thing, the reason why they're obvious is because they work. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like obvious baits in the spring is like community holes in the summer. You don't want to go there. You don't want to throw it. But if you go there, you're probably going to catch fish. And it's the same way with springtime baits. You might want to do something off the wall to try to catch a giant. But if you just want to catch fish, you could throw any of these baits that we just talked about and get bit while doing it if the conditions are right for it. Heck yeah. Well, dude, I think tonight's show was freaking awesome. Uh, folks, what we'll try to do, uh, if any of these baits are on Omnia Fishing, and if you guys want to you know, scoop them up, get a discount on them, we will drop them in the show notes uh, once the show is over. Um, that way you guys can head over and do a quick link over to, to you know, snatch them up. Uh, there was some stuff on here that was not talked about or that was talked about that was not on omnia fishing uh and we'll see if we can provide some you know where you can go find them but we you know we showed them in the in the show if you guys have any questions obviously reach out and we'll we'll help you find some baits um but dude i think tonight was awesome thanks again to to mr maddie wong for joining us if you guys are not following him on social media you definitely should his uh social links are provided in the show description for youtube and mp3 uh, definitely recommend subscribing to his YouTube channel called Capture Fish, uh, where he literally films all of his tournaments. You guys should definitely check that out because <laughs> some of it's really good. Um, but uh, Andy, anything for the folks before we uh, we tune out here tonight? Stay tuned. We're going to catch a seven-pounder this year. I have a feeling. Bailey's already got his, but we need to get a seven-pound small. Last year. Last year. Last year. Like I have yet to hit seven on the largemouth side. So when I am not guiding, that is my goal is to try and catch a seven pound largemouth this year. So it's gonna happen. It's gonna be fun. I thought I had it today because the one I lost on the trap was bigger than the one I landed. So I was like, oh, oh <laughs> just boy. about cried, yeah. Right at the boat, <laughs> opened its mouth, and I was like, Jeff, watch out. <laughs> Why don't you just stab me in the heart? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Stab me in the heart and push me off the boat, leave me to die. That's yeah, what it, it feels like at the time. If, it is what it is. And then the next cast, I got that five pound smallie. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Sounds like you got some juice flowing, is what, uh, is what I'm hearing. Some yeah. good vibes to start the guide year. Except for if I stop losing all these dang big fish. I think in the last two days, I've lost like 12 or 13 Well, swap your dang hooks, would you, boy? I mean, you're using stock hooks. No, like, I'm talking about like swim baits. I'm losing them. Uh, Like, what jerk baits? They're just because you poured the head. That's why it's your fault. Probably. So, well, you know what it is? I am a big proponent of throwing a swim bait on a bait caster, and I've been throwing them on a spinning rod this week just to try it going the old bailey method and i just don't think i have the right rod for it where are you throwing it on um i threw it on the kumara which is a little soft and then i tried it on the 724 douglas x matrix which was not the rod for it mm. so i lean into them the rod would bend into the handle and they would come off i'm like yep that's not gonna work so i think if i wanted to throw it on like a longer spinning rod like a seven six fantasy stuff would be the rod to use because you can really get into them and lean on them. So that rod is sick because yeah. it's so fast, but it has such a good backbone, being that it's a seven six that it, like you don't have to set the hook. I mean, yeah. you can obviously give them a quick jab, but like if you have your reel set right, let your let that motion of you leaning that fish, that fish eating that bait. Obviously, unless they you know if they pull or if they push that bait, 
you have to catch up to them. But it's really easy if you have all of your a longer you know, rod. Yep. Yeah. Longer rod and you can catch up to them and then let your drag do the work. Because if you I mean, especially those heads you, you poured that 5313, it's going to it's going to poke them good, especially with that rod. They oh, yeah. Them. What I found is I had to like cinch my drag all the way down and literally reel and hit them as hard as I could. But then I was breaking like the line at the, the knot. That's for weird. The I mean, you shouldn't have to do that. That's oh. really weird because I feel like for, for me, like. A, a single swim bait on a spinning rod is a surefire way to never lose oh. fish. Oh, I lost. How many did I lose on Monday? I lost four on it on Monday. And then I lost two more today on it. So that's six. weird. It's got to be a rod. Yeah. I mean, what, that, what, I mean what, uh, what pound test line? Uh, 10 pound braid, day pound floral. Yeah, you shouldn't be losing those things. I know. That's, that's why weird. I'm like, what the hell? That's why I'm just chalking it up to the rod. So I just don't think it was the right tool for the application. And that's why I like to tinker and experiment because I can learn lessons now that pay off in the long end. And I learned not to use that rod for single, <laughs> single swim baiting. And I will go back to my bait caster so I can hit them as hard as I want with my 12 pound fluoro and I'll never lose a fish again. So <laughs> I love our polar opposites in this yeah. thing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Friday, guys, we are. It's going to be Andy and I talking uh, about some, uh, actually, some specific topics coming up. But one thing we'll highlight is Lake Ufall that I'm heading down to. I'm literally leaving Friday afternoon. Um, headed down there. I'm actually going to link up with one of our good buddies, Mr. John King, and do a little fishing Saturday in Kentucky. So jealous! I can't wait to see him in June. Yeah, that is. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go hit up uh, one of his favorite honey holes in Kentucky. Uh, do a little filming for the Be The Fish YouTube channel, which if you guys have not checked out Andy and I's personal YouTube channels to kind of put out more fishing content for you guys so we're not bombarding this platform with different stuff so you guys can't keep up, uh, that's also down in the show descriptions that you guys can check out and subscribe if you'd like. That's also where Chasing Hardware will live. Uh, so for folks that liked episode one and two, make sure you guys head over there because episode three and four will be filming or starting to be filmed come Friday because traveling down there practice next week. And then the Hobie BOS next Saturday and Sunday on Lake Eufaula in Alabama. So that's going to be interesting. I'm going to be camping out. So my buddy, all my buddies that were, uh, I actually have friends competing, but my buddies that I usually stay with are not going to this event. So dude, I am camping in a tent solo in Alabama. Going to be snuggling with the, uh, tarantulas and, and snakes and gators. I'm, I will, I will say, uh, quick prayer, prayer for you because <laughs> yeah. uh it's nader season and i wish that upon nobody so and uh hopefully that's all happening now it seems like in prayers to all the people down there in like arkansas and uh oklahoma and central texas they're going through a pretty bad tornado outbreak here the last couple days from what i've seen in the news so uh stay safe while you're down there big guy and i gotta say that man why you gotta put that juju on me i'm not putting any juju on you I, on dude me safe dude let's talk about your car travels real fast all right like oh we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> we're saving that for a not so serious show we're gonna close that like you need all the safe you need all the good juju you can get that's right <laughs> so I, i'm just looking out for you for, bud i know for for folks that are like 
questioning like what the hell is he talking about basically long story short is i need a truck but we will disclose the full story soon i promise it just needs to be just needs to be prepared so we tell it right and give it its justice (laughs) i wasn't even like going to that story i was talking about like the one trip you went down to the Bassmaster Classic. Oh, when I get rear-ended? Texas, you get rear-ended. Um, I, I feel like something always happens to your poor Ultima wherever you go. That you it's know what? Just that like Ultima have... has been so good to me. <laughs> it's, it's been beaten to crap, and it still runs, and I've never had. Oh, God, I said never. You knock on wood here real quick. <laughs> so you're giving yourself the GD. I know, I am. Knock, I on, your head. knock <laughs> on your head, boy. <laughs> Giving you crap for it, and I'm the one to give him the bad juju. Either way, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that whole shebang, we get ourselves a new uh, new vehicle here soon. We shall fingers see. We'll see. Wood. We'll see. Uh, but either way, that's gonna be a fun fun show on Friday. For you also tune into that one, uh, and then guys, as always, if you can, if you listen on MP3, please leave a rating and review. Whether you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Whichever you're able to leave a rating and review, it helps us out big time. But uh, Andy, ready to wrap it out? I got to go cover my boat before it torrentially rains and get all my rods put away. So, (laughs) yes. All right, folks. We appreciate y'all, and we will see you guys on Friday. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.